Wasn't it good to see Christian playing bass guitar this morning? Wasn't that nice? You can handle that just as well as the other guitar, so that's good. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, I thought it sounded pretty good, so I think you're doing well. We've just had our leadership retreat and uh, want to kind of fill you in on some things by virtue of one of the tools that we use to evaluate our congregation and where we are right now. You know, every once in a while it's a good idea to kind of check to see how you're doing. Uh, it's good personally to do that. Some of you just did that in December as you're thinking about possible New Year's resolutions. Where am I succeeding? Where am I struggling? Kind of thing. And so it's good to look at strengths and weaknesses. And we decided that's really good for church to do that too. And so in our leadership retreat, we've been looking for different uh, tools that we could use to kind of evaluate things and figure out where we are. Because it doesn't do any good, you know, to just pretend that's not necessary and everything's perfect and there's nothing to improve because obviously that's not, not true in any church. So uh, we've been looking at different things, our possibilities, and the best tool that we came across uh, uh, actually appeared a few weeks ago in December, and it's a, an article written by Perry Noble. Perry Noble is a, a nationally acclaimed church consultant that kind of travels around to churches trying to help them figure out how to, to be more effective uh, in the mission that God has given them to, to achieve their full potential for God. And he had written this article. It was called 15 Signs Your Church is in Trouble. Uh, <laughs> kind of got our attention like, wow, what would these signs be? What would be the indicators, you know, the church is struggling. The church is really in trouble now and could close its doors or whatever. So started reading that, and we decided as elders and deacons and staff that we would spend some time looking into this, and we would discuss point by point what these 15 signs were and to see how we're doing because it seemed to be kind of a broad picture of the areas of ministry, the kinds of things that churches should be doing, we need to have an evaluation. How are we doing here? How are we doing here? How are we doing here? And it would really, really help us a lot. And we converted it over to 15 questions. 15 questions that New Hope Christian Church needs to answer. And we went through these questions in an effort to honestly evaluate where we are as a church. And I'm going to share those with you. And uh, do that with a little bit of trepidation this morning. Because I've never had a 15-point sermon before. And you've never listened to a 15-point sermon before, and you're thinking, oh boy, it's time to get out my snacks. We're going to be here for lunch. It's going to be two hours. Well, we're going to try and do it in 30 minutes, 25, 30 minutes we normally take for this time. So hang on and uh, be ready for that as we get to these 15 questions. Because we're going to look at every one of them. I'm going to give you basic answer that we gave that. Now, where are we? And you can kind of come up with your own evaluation and decide from there if you agree. Uh, and and uh, we're also going to kind of rate them. I'm going to rate them. Uh, we didn't do this, but I'm going to rate them according to green light, yellow light, red light. Green light means we're doing pretty good here. We're doing, doing that thing quite well. Doesn't mean we can slack off or just let it go, but we've got to go ahead. We're going to move on this. A yellow light is we're struggling. You know, we're, we're working on this, but... Boy, we've got some work to do here. We're just not doing as well as we'd like to be. We're kind of weak in this area. We need to work on this, and, and we're taking some steps to do that. Red light means warning, warning, warning. You know, you're in deep trouble here. If you don't wake up and fix this soon, you're, you're going to go down the tubes. You're going to be lost, and then the church will go down the tubes. And uh, thankfully, we didn't have any red lights in this. <laughs> we had some greens, and we had some yellows. And I want you to see what those are, and maybe you'll agree entirely, maybe you'll not, uh, but kind of keep track of what we get. 
Before I answer these 15 questions, I want to read a passage of Scripture with you this morning that kind of outlines for us kind of the ideal situation, the ideal church, the ideal attitude, the ideal atmosphere for a church. And Paul writes to that in the Philippians, uh, in the Philippians letter, chapter 2, the first 11 verses. Talks about the church and what attitudes would be there, and then he says, these are the kinds of things that you've seen in Jesus, and describes Jesus for us. Follow along with me. If you have any encouragement for being united in Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, and he became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Most gruesome way to die. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place, and he gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The 15 questions. Hang on. We're going to go through this as fast as we can, but I want you to hear, and I want you to think with me, how are we doing in these areas? Number one, do we make excuses about the way things are instead of embracing a willingness to roll up our sleeves and fix the problem? Well, this is a good question to start with, because making excuses is our hobby, isn't it? All of us, you know, if things are not going right, we blame it on somebody else. We say, well, I would have done better, but, you know, these circumstances, you know, the things I'm under, the pressure I have, and so on. We make excuses. And as a church, we have been guilty of that. We've been guilty of saying, you know, we're really not at fault here. There were these other things happened, and we make excuses. Sometimes we haven't had the transparency we need to admit the mistakes that we've made. Sometimes it's easier to just let things slide and you know, just don't deal with it. You know, that happens in people. Two people are kind of at odds with each other. One's offended the other. One's hurt the other, you know. And so rather than dealing with the issue, one of them just kind of nurses their wounds along, you know. Doesn't bring anything up. Doesn't say anything. They just avoid them. They get mad. They resent. They develop this grudge. And the other person is oblivious or they're so prideful. Well, yeah, I made a mistake, but I'm not going to be the one to say I'm sorry. And so this, this rift develops rather than healing that could come from that. What we all need to learn here as a church, as leaders, as people of the church, is that love is more important than any of that. And that love for one another should cause us to go directly to the people involved, to admit the mistake we made, to correct the issue, the problem that may be there, and let healing result within the church. If we make a mistake as a church... And hopefully we're going to make many of them because we're trying to do something for God. You only make mistakes if you try to do something, but not everything's going to work. So if we make a mistake, let's admit the mistake, let's uh, face up to that, and let's fix it. 
Let's do it better the next time. Let's figure out what, what the problem is and fix it. And if we as individuals hurt someone else, let's not go complain to everybody else about what happened in the situation. You know, we've been hurt, we've been offended, we, we've been wronged. But go back to each other and in love, figure out how to bring each other back, back to one another and bring healing in the body of Christ. This weekend, I observed leaders who were taking responsibility for their mistakes. Mistakes we've made in the past and seeking solutions so that we can make things better. There is nothing to be gained by pretending the problems are not there, burying your head in the sand, and however you want to picture that. So let's love each other enough to face the problems, the mistakes, the situations that have already been within a congregation at times, and let's move on and fix them. I put a yellow here, so if you keep score, yellow is the first one. Are we content, secondly, to merely welcome people that come rather than actually going out to find them? Have we lost our passion for evangelism is how the person put that. Now, as the leaders answer this question, we realize that we have a mixture here. We have some people here at New Hope that are very passionate about sharing their faith. We have people that are on their way into work on the train or maybe on Metro or maybe they're in a carpool that talk about their faith and talk about their relationship with the Lord. They want the other person to kind of think about things and conversations develop. And they do that when they're out on the job. We have some people that as they're working with clients or they're out uh, doing a task in somebody's home or, or maybe just a co-worker, they freely talk about their faith. And then they have others in our congregation who, who never really think about this. You know, They just kind of let somebody else do that. Somebody else talk about the Lord. I'm too shy. I'm too uh, lacking in confidence or secure in my faith. I'm not going to bring it up because I might get a question I don't answer. And so I'm just not going to bring it up. I'm going to avoid it altogether. So we have this whole mixture going on here within our congregation. We have to admit that as a church in the past, we have depended on our, maybe our programs, maybe our events to be the tool that brings people into the congregation. Or maybe God will just have them show up one Sunday but that we have not done as much to go out into the community. Lately, we've been changing that. Lately, we've been doing more, and that's, that's praiseworthy. That's a good thing. But the leaders have decided, we want to admit to you, that we have not set a very good example personally for you of talking up our faith, of talking about Jesus, of everywhere we go, making sure that people know that, that Jesus is the most important person in our lives. And we need to demonstrate that more and by example set the tone for the whole congregation. Uh, what we realized is the congregation becomes what the leaders are. The congregation will not rise above the leadership and its commitment and its faith and its demonstration of love. So we admit to you that we have not done the best we could. And we pledge to you you're going to see a difference in the way we deliver that in 2013. Another yellow for the congregation there. Number three, is the focus of the church to build a great church or to grow the kingdom of God? In other words, are we here only to build up New Hope Christian Church or are we here to build the kingdom of God whether the people end up in this congregation or not? As we look back over the past 10 years as a church, we noted again that our strongest years in, in attendance and in, in vibrancy and things we were doing in the years 2004 and 2005 we had reached a peak in attendance. We had reached a peak in activity. We, we decided that we would go purchase the land out on Vin Hill Road and we would eventually sell this building and move out there and 
things have not panned out that way to this point. Instead, we have seen a decline, very gradual, very slow decline, but a steady decline from 2005 until today. The numbers have come down, the strength has come down, and we need to acknowledge that today. But one of the things we noted this weekend was that 2004-2005, that we had some, some attitude uh, that was probably not the best it could have been. And for some of us as leaders, some of us that were directing things and helping things move along and the church was growing and developing, had this idea of this big church that we were going to become and the hundreds of more people that we would add. And as we moved out to Vin Hill Road, we reached that many more. And, and uh, because people were there, because people were moving that direction, there was their validity to that. But the idea behind it was that we would become a bigger and better church in the process. That's not all bad. But if your attitude is to build a bigger New Hope Christian church rather than to build the kingdom of God, that's bad. That's the point that I want to make. And one of the leaders said basically that. He said our decline since 2004 and 2005 may be our most humbling experience because at that time some of us were trying to build a big church but not necessarily the kingdom of God. I think that's a fair assessment. And I think God has humbled us in process. I am thankful in the past two years that we have become much more kingdom-minded than we were. You may not know it, but uh, this past year we were in conversation with a, a church over in Centerville called New Life, and uh, they're a much bigger church. They have three different campuses. They have a new huge campus uh, right in Chantilly, not far from Dulles Airport, of a warehouse that they converted into the end zone, they call it, end for new life, end zone. It's a, a huge sports complex, indoor soccer fields, basketball. They worship in there. They have a health club in there. They have, will have a restaurant in there, uh, just a lot of different things. So the whole community to come into that place, very strong and vibrant thing going on there. And we contacted them to see if we could partner together to do a power team crusade Sometime. We had set the date for April of this year. We were starting to work towards that. Eventually that, that kind of fell apart. We're not going to be able to do the crusade. But what I want you to know is that the leadership of this church was kingdom-minded enough to say, you know, we want to we want to partner on this. We want it to be hosted in your building. They were willing to do that. They had the facility that could hold five or six hundred people that you need for a crusade like that. And could be there every night for four nights and the whole nine yards. And the leadership here said, it's okay, it's good that it would be in your building. We know you're probably going to get most of the new people. Most of the people that will come to Christ during this crusade will end up at new life, not at new hope. And we're okay with that. Because the thing is, the kingdom's going to grow. The thing is, we're going to be able to reach people for Christ that we weren't reaching otherwise through any other effort. And this would be a good way for us to reach maybe hundreds of people in northern Virginia for Christ, and if only a few of them end up at New Hope, that's okay. Because our task is to build the kingdom of God, now not a local congregation. I'm going to give us a green, because we're learning something there, and we're processing that the right way. Number four, does our leadership team settle for the natural rather than rely on the supernatural? Do we trust God to do what he promised to do, or do we just rely on ourselves? I'm sure there would be many opinions here. Uh, there's some people more trusting than others. Some people more willing to put themselves out at risk. You know, is God going to come through? Is he going to fulfill his promise or not? 
And some people want to see the numbers, you know. I want to see where the dollars are coming from before we spend them. So we, we have a variety there. At the same time, we have to admit, as one of our, our leaders uh, say, you know, we do trust God, we do expect his resources, and he says, you know, I struggle with this because I want to be in control. I want, I want to know that it's going to work. I'll give it to God, and I'll ask for God to take care of it, and then I find myself kind of taking it back. You ever done that? I think many of us have. You know, you surrender to God, you ask God to come through, and then next thing you know, you're the one checking. Is this going to make it? Or, you know, what can I do to kind of supplement what God's doing? Because I'm not sure he's going to come through, and we take it back. We have many people here at New Hope who are willing to share their time, willing to share their money, uh, willing to partner with us and with God. And, and so many times if we have a project, so many times if we have a special thing we're doing, people say, I want to be part of that, and they will give that extra. They will, they will be part of the solution that God brings, part of the way he fulfills that he's going to take care of the resources needed to do ministry. So all of us together need to learn to stop worrying about our resources and to start concentrating on the work that God has called us to do. We're not in charge of the results. We're just in charge of doing the work he's called us to do. And when we do the work he's called us to do, he promises he'll provide the resources. So let's learn that and rely on his supernatural guidance, his supernatural provision. Another yellow for us there in that category. Number five, do we view success or failure in regards to how we're viewed in the world rather than whether or not we're actually fulfilling the Great Commission? Are we worried, in other words, about our, our reputation in the community or about simply sharing the gospel? All of us had basically the same answer, no. Uh, we do not worry about the world. We do not worry about reputation. We do not worry about that. We know that we answer to God. And so we tend not to worry about these other things. We're more concerned about what God thinks about his church than what people think. It's important that people think that we're sincere in serving God and that we're truthful and that we have integrity and that we're uh, sincere about our faith in Christ. But reputation-wise, we don't really care. We are accountable to God. So I'm going to give us a green. There you go. Get another category. We're green on that one. Number six. Have the leaders within the church ceased to be coachable and teachable? The answer, simply no. I haven't seen any signs of pride or arrogance uh, over things like this. The leaders here uh, want to be as effective as possible. And so um, I've seen people very willing to learn, very willing to explore other options, very willing to say, you know, I had these ideas, but maybe they're not the best. Let's listen to so-and-so. Let's listen to what they have to say. Now, some may question whether or not we're very approachable and whether or not a, a new idea, whether or not a new thing can come to us. We want everyone to feel very free to approach any leader, any staff member, any elder, any deacon, uh, any leader of this congregation and, and share your perspective, share your ideas, share your suggestions. We don't have all the answers and we're open to learning new things and seeing things from a different perspective. In fact, uh, we're, we're starting to prepare now a survey uh, that we're going to uh, give out in February. It will have a, a range of things on it. I have some of the new ideas we're, we want to work on and uh, get feedback and input, get suggestions from you. And we hope that you will take that very seriously and take the time to fill it out and add whatever you want to that by input if you just want to write it down or if you want to speak to one of us personally. So again, I'm going to give us a green because we've, we've turned a corner there. We're doing some really good things there. 
in being approachable and willing to learn. Number seven, have we lost our sense of urgency? In other words, as he put it in the original conditions, uh, he says, is hell no longer hot? Is sin no longer wrong? Is the cross no longer important? How strong is our zeal for finding the lost? Well, you know, in one way we could say, we are as, as convinced as ever that Jesus is the only way for salvation. We preach that, we believe that, uh, we will take our stand and die on that one. That Jesus is the way of salvation. And so we have not said uh, anything like that. You know, hell is still hot, sin is still wrong, the cross is still the answer for people, the cross of Christ. But at the same time, we have to admit that often our urgency about sharing the gospel is not very great. We're busy. We're loaded down. We're distracted sometimes as a church. And we get busy taking care of each other. We get busy uh, dealing with issues, problems that have developed, maybe between people, or maybe uh, some of those mistakes we're trying to fix. And, and we kind of get sidelined here, working on other things, and this urgency of sharing the gospel sometimes has to take a back seat. And leadership has the responsibility to make sure that doesn't happen. Jesus is still important, but we're, we're too busy dealing with some of the other needs, some of the other issues, to have time left for people outside the church. And then when the church gets out of balance, then we are failing to fulfill the mission he's given us. We leaders have to make sure that both areas, the internal ministry and the people that are being ministered to, as well as the lost who are out in the community who need Jesus, are being addressed, and the, the word is going out. Lost people, you see, have no voice within the church, except the voice of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit who is prompting us and saying, remember that co-worker, remember that neighbor, remember your family member, remember your friend at school, remember you know, this person that you play sports with. They don't know Jesus. And the Holy Spirit prompts us, you're, you're responsible to say something. There's an urgency to that message because if you don't, hell is still hot. Sin is still wrong. The cross is still the issue. And something needs to be done about that. So I'm going to give us a yellow on number seven. Number eight, is scripture still central in every decision that is made? This one is easy. The answer is yes. Emphatically yes. Whenever our church has to make a decision, we go to the Bible. We say, what does God say about this? What can we find in the Word? What direction does He give us? What commandments do we have? What principles can we follow? It's one of the most important core values we have as a church here at New Hope. And it's one of those values that you cannot surrender. It's like, like the, the articles that you can't amend. <laughs> Scripture is central. This is our authority. God's Word is what we base things on. And that is so important today in America where so many churches have accommodated themselves and they have accepted almost every belief and philosophy that comes along and just embrace that and say, well, go ahead and believe whatever you want. It's okay. As long as you're sincere, as long as you, it's your conviction, we're not going to deny that. And we are taking a stand. And we hold fast to the Word of God. Aren't you glad that we do? Aren't you glad that that's important to us? We get a green light on that one. If you're keeping score, that's four green, four yellow. Is that right? Okay. <laughs> Number nine. Is the church reactive rather than proactive? Unfortunately, we have to admit that sometimes we're reactive. We're, we're, we're not always proactive. Reactive means that uh, 
that we sometimes get distracted or defensive when dealing with people and issues. Proactive means you pursue what God says. In spite of your circumstances, in spite of what's going on at the time, you're proactively pursuing the mission that God has given to you. Which are we? And similarly to whether it's urgent to take the gospel out or not, sometimes we get kind of reactive to things. We get overloaded. We get distracted. We, we may just want to avoid conflict. And so, you know, we're just kind of pulling back from things and pretending there isn't something to deal with there. And as leaders, we came to understand this weekend that problems, conflicts, crises are always going to come, but we cannot let them distract us. We cannot let them take us off the path so we miss the mission that God has called us to. And we need to constantly be more proactive than reactive in the way we're doing ministry here. We don't have this one right yet, but we're learning. So another yellow in our, in our category there. Number 10. Have the people in our church lost sight of the next generation sitting down around here, over there in the kids' church, and therefore refuse to fund youth ministry simply because they don't understand those young people? <laughs> That's how he put it. Are young people important? Now this one is easy to answer because this congregation has made the ministry to children and teens a priority for at least the last 25 years. We've had a full-time youth minister that long. In several years in there, we had a children's minister in addition to that so that we would make sure that the ministry to children, young people, and their parents would go on and it would, would uh, grow, it would flourish. Just this past year, when our finances grew tight and when budget concerns were all around us, we decided as a church we still needed to find and hire a good youth minister to lead this important ministry. And thankfully, Christian Jorgensen has come. He's been here since November. He's doing a great job. A little pat on the back for you, Christian. Okay, And he's doing more than we bargained for. We think many good things are already beginning to happen in the ministry that he leads here. If we had given up on this priority, however, if we had said, we can't do that, we don't see where the funding is for that, we don't think it's that important anymore, we can't make that a priority, the church would have declined much more rapidly, wouldn't it? Because where would be the, the ministry to children, to youth, to the future, to the present church, if we had said, that's not important to us? Children and youth and young adults are very important to us at New Hope. They are the church of today. We get another green there. The next two questions go hand in hand, number 11, number 12. Number 11 is this. Is the goal of the church simply to maintain the way things are, to not rock the boat, to upset anyone, especially someone who might be a big giver? Are we protecting the status quo or are we willing to change? It's kind of a second question that goes with it. No, our goal is simply not to maintain things, to avoid... Uh, rocking the boat, you know, or getting somebody upset. That's not our goal. We don't have anyone in this church, thankfully, who tries to influence everyone else with their money. I, I know a church that does that, 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 that that's going on, and the preacher shared with me that he's got somebody in the church that, that has given a lot, continues to give a lot every week, and now they're pushing their agenda down everybody else's throat, saying, this is what I want, this is what we should do, and he's threatening to pull out his money if they don't do what he wants them to do. Now that, that's totally foreign to anything we've ever had happen here in this congregation. I'm grateful we don't have anybody that's done that. 
a neighboring church has that problem, but we don't. Someone here, however, may occasionally object to changes. Say, well, that makes me uncomfortable. I don't like it that way. And that's okay. I mean, you have your opinion. You have your way of doing things. I, I do too. But changes sometimes have to happen. And just because we've never done it that way is no reason to say we can't do it now because society has changed, culture has changed, the way that we're going to reach people with the unchanging message of Christ must change as well. I am confident that our leadership is following God even if the changes we need to make make them uncomfortable or make someone else uncomfortable and maybe a little unsettled for a while. We all have to kind of deal with that in order to reach people for Christ that we need to. I'm going to give us a green there. Number 12, is a church no longer willing to take steps of faith because there's just too much to lose? Very similar. Steps of faith require us to embrace things that are new and strange to us. Someone may look at giving uh, up some of the things that we have to give up um, as just too much. Too much for them to embrace and uh, too much to lose. But a greater loss would be if we don't fulfill our mission as a church. A greater loss would be if we say, you know, we're just going to keep doing things the way we've always done them. And we're going to just pull back and not worry about the rest of the world out there. And the rest of that world would go to hell. So we are ready to change. We are ready to take the steps of faith God chose us to take, even if they cause us to leave our comfort zones and the traditions we have been come so, we've become so fond of. So I'm going to give us another green there. We're getting a few more greens now. Number 13, does the church simply not care about the obvious and immediate needs that exist in the community? No, we do care. We want to help people in our community. And I hope you've been impressed this year. It should be more and more obvious. Uh, as witness, Mission Possible, we had in May. And we did ministry, uh, raised things, brought together things for four different agencies that address needs of the homeless and the poor of our, our county. And it was a great day for us. Thanksgiving Day, a group of people came in here and provided a meal for homeless people and for poor people. And it was a, another great day where people said, we care. We want to do something about that. There are other steps that were taken, other events that, that happened. <clears throat> now some of us then at New Hope are listening to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is saying, this community has needs. People out here are hurting. People need, need a church that cares about that. And people that will reach out to that individually or as a church. And they're stepping forward. Some, that's, that's just not anything they really think about. It just has too many, have the, too many things of their own things going on. They're not thinking about it. And other people, the emphasis of their ministry is in, within the church. You know, there are needs here. There are people are struggling here. And my job is to take care of that. And that's fine too. But the church as a whole needs to care about the community and do something for the community. We have some things to learn here yet, but we're learning. We're growing. We're getting better. And we get a yellow there. Number 14, two more. Hang in there. Have the people learn to depend, uh, have the people learn to depend on one man to minister to everyone rather than everyone embracing their role in the body, thus allowing the body to care for itself. In our case, it would be two ministers, uh, staff ministers that are here, for the purpose of ministry, uh, and what is that purpose? What are people thinking? Now, you can answer this question better than I can, probably. I see it from one perspective. Maybe you see it from a different one. As your senior minister, I just want you to know, I don't feel put upon. I don't feel like I'm all alone. I don't feel like 
most of the people of this congregation expect me to do the ministry of this church because I see a lot of other people stepping up and a lot of other people coming alongside what we're doing. And I see people that, that see my ministry not to do the ministry, but to equip people for ministry. And they say, equip me, I'll go do it. And they're willing. But we have to admit that there are few people in this church, as in every church, that want to just kind of sit on the sidelines and say, we pay John and Christian to do that. We pay them to go do that stuff. And the way we minister is we give our money. So that can happen. And they haven't quite gotten that yet that the body of Christ is made up of many members, that all of us are gifted in certain ways, with certain gifts and passions, so that God can use us to build up the body and to extend and build the kingdom of God in the community, in the hearts and uh, souls of people. Christian and I are both very grateful for the teamwork that we have with the other leaders and the support that we have from so many people willing to serve, willing to minister. Uh, but we're still learning. We're still working on that. And that's one of our big goals for this year is developing that more. So we get a yellow there. We're not red, but we're not green. Number 15, the final one. Do the leader's staff refuse to go the extra mile in leading and serving because of how inconvenient doing so would be? Well, what do you think? I don't think so. I see people here that give. I see people that sacrifice. I see leaders that go the extra mile all the time. I remember back last March when Derek Luking went missing. He's still missing. And I remember people from this congregation that had work schedules, they had families to take care of, but they said, no, this is more important. They got in their car and they drove to Tennessee and they spent several days helping to look for Derek because it was important to the Luking family that he be found. And they were going to do whatever they could to help with that. I, I saw people that spent hours praying here and doing what they could from this, this distance to help in that search. And uh, unfortunately, he's not been found yet. We're still praying for that. People are still praying for the Lukings and praying for that family. But I, what I see in that and so many other instances is, is the person who will step forward. I have called leaders of this church. I've called members of this church late at night, in the middle of the night, in the middle of the day while they're working and say, we've got something developed. Some, some crisis come up. Somebody's you know, got some tragedy going on or they've got this issue that we've got to deal with now. It can't wait. And in the middle of the night, show up, we drive over there together. Or they go on their own and they take care of something there. And I have seen people willing to sacrifice to go that extra mile, to lead, to serve. And they don't worry about convenience. It's not any question at all. And so I'm giving us a green there. Now when we tally up all these different things and uh, we see where we come out, I came out with eight greens and seven yellows. Did the rest of you? Okay. Now we have some definite areas to be working on. But thank God that in all of them we're working on them. We're already working on those things. We already know that those areas that we need to strengthen. And what is most encouraging of all, there are no reds here. No red lights. Nowhere we say, oh no, the church is going down the tubes. No, the church is strong. The church is doing a lot of things right. But there are some areas of weakness that we need to work on this year. You'll find out more about that as we have uh, that survey shared with you later. I want you to see kind of this list here. These are the areas that we've talked about. Loyalty to God and His Word. Outreach to the community and love. Faith and trusting God for all things. Humility and the willingness to change. That is a huge thing. 
if we all become willing to change whatever we can change in order to reach people. And the willingness to serve and sacrifice, getting the good news to the next generation, getting the good news to people who have never heard about Jesus before. We have become a mission field in America. This church is now a mission point. We're the front lines. We're, we're the advanced team now. We're out there in the mission field itself. And when you leave the doors of this building today, you will be going into a mission field. Because we no longer can assume that the people that are our neighbors and co-workers and friends know anything about Jesus. Or what they know is correct. They may be misinformed. They may have the wrong idea. They may think that every other idea out there is just as valid. And it's our responsibility to share the good news with them. I want to pray with us and for us today, and uh, then we're going to conclude. Would you pray? Lord, we humble ourselves before you, and we ask, Lord, that you would bless us, uh, that you would guide us. We thank you for leaders who have humbled uh, themselves before you, that are willing to learn, willing to, to uh, lead, willing to demonstrate, set the example. And thank you, Lord, for so many people here at New Hope that, that believe you, that trust you, that put their confidence in you. So many that give, that sacrifice, that serve. We thank you for the love that compels that. And we thank you for the urgency that some of us have to share your good news. We pray that the rest of us would get that. And that we would understand that purpose and mission you've given us as a church. Uh, pray for your blessing upon this year. We pray that the leaders will be strong and bold and uh, confident in you and that we would have uh, a banner year of service and building up your kingdom together. We pray this blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together and let's sing.